0: This episode of the Randy Russell Podcast is brought to you by Underscore Taco, unconventional tacos for traditional events. Find this and future episodes at rspin.com and Apple Podcasts. Questions or comments? Email us at rrpodcast2000 at gmail.com. Our guest host, Susan Bandusen, is currently working on a new nonfiction serial, The Coopdom of Aaron, and is a member of the Nancy Drew Book Club. She facilitates consumer therapy encounters in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, and is a collector of skulls, miniatures, and cookbooks.
1: Welcome to the Randy Russell Bod podcast.
0: <laughs> the podcast.
1: <laughs> are you are you ready to show us your bod, Randy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm your host, Susan Bandusen. It's my pleasure to introduce you to our guest today, a man who refuses to wear matching socks. Our own Randy Russell.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. That that socks thing is. Well-known, I guess. Really? <laughs> Not, um, I just, well, when I, when, uh, people were coming over here for a recording podcast, I actually was putting my socks away at the last minute. And that was the last thing I did. And, uh, I had just, I had done laundry. They were all laying on the floor where I have a little carpet. And, um. I, I do, and I've switched over to matching socks again. I have to say, and because um, from unmatching socks, it was kind of a trend for a while. Then matching socks, just because you spend so much time trying to match them up, and I just thought, like, why, why, why bother? You know, and, and just who cares if your socks don't match? Nobody, nobody notices, and no one cares, really. But the, pro- the problem is they feel different. It's
1: true. It's <laughs> not, that's it's so true. Just,
0: it's not If it was just vis- visual...
1: Right. It's, it's the fabric is different. But you have a, like a heavy enough. sock
0: and a light sock. Heavy sock and one foot and light sock. I don't It just... It
1: throws you off balance, doesn't weird. it?
0: It's weird to go through the, through the day like that. Um, and, yeah, it, I don't know. Maybe that would do something. Maybe that actually is a good... Um, Sometimes kind of a brain exercise, you know, like a. Um, my friend, my friend was just talking about these chairs that where, that where you have to kind of adjust your balance all the time, and I hadn't heard about this at all. Do you know anything about that?
1: Like, I have heard of it.
0: Yeah, that where where they're what what are those called?
1: I have they're no like, idea. Yeah, it's,
0: it's where where they're where you're kind of constantly. Readjusting, and mm-hmm. it's, so, so supposedly better for your back. And you mentioned that yesterday, and like I had never heard that at all. Um, so I wondered if, like, like wearing like you know, shoes that are are different on both, <laughs> different <laughs> kind of different height or something like that might actually be beneficial to you in a way.
1: It's possible that or, it um, it's some that might, yeah
0: that might hurt your back.
1: Right, know. right. Have you ever gotten dressed in the dark and um, gone out into the day and at some point in your morning realized that you had two different shoes on or two different socks?
0: Not two different shoes, but socks for sure. Yeah, because not, you know, not getting the colors wrong. But usually they kind of feel alike. And uh, do you have that? Is that the chair? What is that called? Learnature. Learnature Adjustable Height Active Learning Stool. That's...
1: It sounds like something for a child. I actually got up one morning and got dressed and put on two different shoes and left for the day and actually never realized it till like mid-afternoon because I was busy. And then it was like I had such a good laugh about it because the whole time I had these shoes on and they didn't match and... Nobody ever said anything about it. And actually, if I had known it, I probably would have been really self conscious about it. And since I didn't know it, I had gone through my whole day and it was fine. So.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's funny when you're not self conscious because <laughs> yeah. you don't realize something. Well, I do that with, I mean, I put on shirts inside out sometimes, and uh, especially t shirts. Sometimes you have the tag exposed on the back or. Have a shirt on backwards, or inside right. out, and um, I've gone through like half a day with a shirt on back backwards, or inside out, and then when I realized it, I see you're kind of embarrassed. Though, did you with your shoes? You didn't feel it didn't feel drastically no, different. They, they must felt, have been somewhat similar.
1: They were somewhat similar. They were both sketchers, slip ons, and I just was. I didn't have any idea that I had two different shoes on. I really did think it was quite hilarious. Once I looked at my feet, it was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it! I've gone this far through the day and I never realized it." So, yeah,
0: so, yeah maybe people noticed and they just they didn't want to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> <fear.
1: They had laughs> that's very angry. possible. <laughs> did you want to talk about the um, album?
0: Oh yeah, when well, when you came. When you came by, I, I was playing a, a record um, that I, that I found today. I stopped at a, a bookstore and bought a few records because I, I try to I try to buy records that I can write about. Um, I don't have a lot of money to spend and record collecting has gotten to be a trend again-hmm so I've, I've kind of just taken on what I or where where I'll, I'll buy things that are inexpensive. But I don't know anything about, um, and then t- you know, you can take a chance on a record if you know if it's a few dollars, right? And then and then if if I, I listen to it and I don't like it, I'd, I'll give it to, you know donate to a thrift store then, and um, or I could sell it back to the store. But I, I found this um, a set of uh, it's four four records uh, eight yeah eight sides four records. It was a Warner Special Pro- Products record called Superstars of the 70s, and it, and it had a program guide in it. And I actually have a copy of this um, this collection that I that I bought when I was, it came out in 73, so that I was 13 at the time. I guess that's when I bought it. But it's one of those ones they advertised on TV. They uh-huh. had those TV commercials that right. said, we Superstars of the 70s. And that commercial was just on all the time, and and they played a little snippets of songs. So I was going, and I I got really interested in all this music that I hadn't heard by hearing these little snippets of songs on the commercial, so I had my, my, ask my parents to let me buy it over the, I guess you had to send away for it, I think. I don't think they were, it was not even in stores, so you had to send away. So I got this when I was 13, and I still have this record, but it's totally trash, because when I was younger, I was playing on like a plastic record player. And I kept it. I kept it even though it's unplayable, just because I was sad that it, you know, yeah. th- to lose it. And I thought, like, if I ever see one again, I'm gonna buy it. And so I saw one today, this you know, nice, oh. you know, playable condition.
1: How exciting! But it
0: had all these, all these uh, people I had heard for the first time on this. Like, I think it was like the first Rolling Stones I listened to was on this collection. Um,
1: Which song is on there?
0: Um, Tumbling Dice was the one that I really liked. That was the one that was on the commercial. It was like a little snippet of Tumbling Dice. It was just so ca- it was like so fascinating to me. I thought like, i never heard anything like that. Do you recall yeah. the lyric? No, well, the the lyrics in that song are really odd. So that's one thing about I never could understand the lyrics. Um, and that, that's a weird thing with Rolling Stones is some of their their lyrics. You're like you listen to a song a million times and not know the lyrics, right? Yes,
1: yes. My, my
0: brother, my brother knows them because he's he plays Rolling Stones songs in his in a band. He plays, uh, I mean, he has a band where he plays, they do most of the cover songs, and then he also plays in a Rolling Stones tribute band where he plays guitar. Someone else sings, but he knows all the lyrics, so he actually knows, but um. It was just that's that's from Exile on Main Street. There's two songs from Exile on Main Street, and I remember getting this program and then reading the uh, descriptions. And like I, I you know I didn't know much about the Rolling Tones. I'd read the na- the names of the songs, and they were like "Rip This Joint," and which I think is just refer is like a you know "Rip This Joint," like an expression of like, um, going you know a joint as a place. Uh huh. You know, and like,
1: um, I've uh, never heard that expression.
0: Uh, you know, rip, rip this joint of, of, of kind of like, uh, um, you know, partying or, you know, going, right. you know, carrying on or something like that. But I saw it and I thought, like, joint marijuana cigarette. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, there, does that mean a place or marijuana cigarette? And, and there was like a ven- ventilator mean- blues. Like, yeah. oh, what's ventilator blues? You know, it, it just like freaked me out when I was a little kid. See, seeing all this stuff, um, and and I, I remember going to the store and like I'm gonna buy a Rolling Stones record and so um, I think it was Sticky Fingers, and it was the one that had the, the uh, pants uh, the pants with the zipper on the cover right. It had an actual zipper that unzipped, and it just like <laughs> when I was a little kid I was just like it just frightened me to see that.
1: Really, <laughs> like, that would like, like, frighten me and too. Like
0: I'm not. I, What's and, I cannot come buy about? that record. Yeah. so. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to imagine now, you know. It looks like a takeout
1: like that. menu. That yeah, that yeah. program. It looks oh yeah,
0: this, it's it's rainbow colored, and right?
1: Like, and just the way it's folded.
0: It's, it's amazing that this it's things like this survive since ni- nineteen seventy three. So
1: somewhere. what what do you think ventilator? What was it? Ventilator blues. blues. What it, um, what does that refer to?
0: I still don't know. Like you would think, you would think I would, over time you'd try to figure it out. But I mean, I, I couldn't no tell idea. you any Rolling Stones lyrics hardly. They're they're just like, um, but I love that album. You know, eventually I bought Exile, *Exile on Main Street*, and that was my favorite album for a long time.
1: Do you think your brother knows?
0: I don't know if you know. You might not know what they what they all mean. I mean, they're not. They're kind of not necessarily known. You know, you don't think of Rolling Stones as. You don't talk about their lyrics that much, but kind of, I guess. I don't know. Um, they're just—they're uh, probably, yeah, they're probably uh, interesting lyrics. Uh, it was the first time I heard Jimi Hendrix was on on here. Really, Purple Haze and Foxy Lady, mm-hmm. and it was just like you know, just like what is this? Yeah, you know, this is a this is a this is a great collection, and it's just, it
1: uh, is. It's true.
0: But it's, um, anyway. Jimi
1: Hendrix was just such a, so amazing. I mean, the first time I heard him, I was just completely blown away by it. You know, it was like, how does this, how is this guy doing this? You know, it was just wonderful.
0: You know, I think I'd heard his name. A lot before you'd heard, you know, heard his name. Well, you know, probably when I was ten years old and he died, and so you heard about that, and uh, so you're, but not really knowing the music. It's kind of interesting when you when someone is known to you, but then when you actually hear it, and you go like, "Wow, oh, this is not not even what I expected." Yeah,
1: there used to be a place in Milwaukee called the Vanguard. It was a coffee house. And they had live blues bands and folk music and this this um guy that I was going out with, his band was going to be playing there, and so we went there to like the Sunday afternoon before they were gonna play, so they could get you know everything do a sound check and get everything set up and one of the people in the band came to it, and they had a... Um a tape, a cassette tape of um fresh cream. And no one had ever heard of this group, and he had got it was a British release.
0: Oh, oh yeah. and
1: he's like, You have to listen to this tape. It's just this group is just unbelievable, you know? So they put it in and just cranked it up inside this coffee house and played it, and everyone was just like You know, you sucked all the air out of the room. It was just like, oh my God, this is the most amazing music. This is so wonderful. You know, Eric Clapton. And it was just, it was just such, I'll never forget that. You know, and that's kind of how it was when the first time I ever heard Jimi Hendrix, too. It was just, he was like a revelation of possibilities, or, you know, it was like he took everything to another level.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's exciting that the that idea of someone you know obtaining the music and then playing it for a group of people in public like that, having I mean, hearing it for the first time. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that can't happen anymore. It seems like because of the internet now. <laughs> and it's true. It's just like we're not going to have that situation where some yeah someone gets I got a record, no one has and plays it. And yeah, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that, but I guess that's the way it is. So. Maybe there's maybe there's some corresponding thing as that, but I can't think of what it would be. What around what year was that? Do you remember what?
1: Oh, it had to be. I think I was. A, I think it might have been in the '60s, like '67, 60, 1967, 1968. I don't. Whenever it was that Cream came out with their first album, you know.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I it was around then, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. Know. When um, what? Where was that coffee shop?
1: It was on Prospect, and uh, it was right where the bridge. There was um, um. The still there. Yeah, the building is still there. It was a really cool building, and the coffee house was upstairs. It was kind of like the place to be. Um, and it was um, they it is like um i want to say like a kind of a turk a moroccan looking building there was really cool tiles on the front of the building and um they would bring people they would bring in chicago blues people they would bring in just groups that they didn't serve any alcohol there. It was all just coffee and coffee drinks, and you could smoke, of course, mm-hmm. inside. Um, but it was it was a really wonderful place because you had it was a place where you could be exposed to all sorts of different music that normally you wouldn't you know you wouldn't have the opportunity to hear. Be- and it was free. You know they didn't and if or if there was a cover charge, it was very affordable so
0: that sounds fun
1: it was very fun
0: i like i like i like the idea of music and coffee houses um there was when i lived in columbus ohio there was this place called king avenue coffee house while i was there it was my favorite place to go hear bands because it was like a little earlier in the evening, mm-hmm. I still drank at that time, even but and went to bars. But I really liked going to this place, and they didn't have alcohol. They said coffee and, and food, and it kind of became my ideal and in my mind a little bit for for seeing a band. Actually, I went to see a band last night at the, in Brady Street, brewed what used to be Brood awakenings. Uh huh coffee house and uh, saw, saw Eric Beaumont's band there it was it was really nice because it was early 7 o'clock and um, I said this is, this is great for me because I, I just never like I don't like staying out late for one re- thing and I kind of got away from going to bars but of course in Milwaukee they serve beer everywhere Yeah, <laughs> movie theaters, well, coffee it- shops so <laughs> but that's all right
1: it's such a intimate experience, you know, or it's a more intimate experience. Yeah. You know? There was a place in Fort Atkinson called, um, yeah, the Green Dragon. It was on Black Hawk Island, and it was a coffee house. Same kind of a setting as kind of like the avant-garde, but they served, um, I think they did serve alcohol there, but... Um, you know, they had a room where you could just sit and read or play games, and then they had a separate room where they had people come and perform. But there, there really isn't. I don't not. I mean, I think probably Colectivo or um, does that. It's the same kind of thing that they do now too. I've I've never been to any performances there. Yeah,
0: but. the the one Colectivo has. Well they have that's a, actually a much more of a performance space the one in Prospect. Mm-hmm. And then the um the Anadine has stage and the one in Walker's Point. So there's there I mean there's yeah there's places that that are like that and have earlier shows. Mhm. So it's, there is a variety. I mean I'm just yeah I I can't stay up late anymore. <laughs> that's my problem because I get up, I get up very early no matter what. So if I stay up late, I'm still getting up early, and then don't get enough sleep. Um. But i I'm, yeah, it's, it's a lot. There, there's a lot, it is a lot going on like that if you look for it.
1: Is there any particular performance that you can think of that's was really memorable for you in that type of a setting where it was a little more intimate?
0: um well well just just in in general when i started to see um bands i, I, I right away i made this big distinction between but you know bars and concert venues um which 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 was kind of i mean i guess i didn't realize it until i started going to things but I lived in, when I lived in Ohio in the it was you know in the 70s the drinking age was eight, 18 um and the, it, so so you didn't have to wait till you're 21 to go to a, a bar um because they had they had low beer so as soon as I turned 18 I was able to go to bars that had bands playing and now pretty much people have, it's 21 in most places um so I went to we went to big concerts at uh at state in a you know in arenas and stadium and and then i went, and finally I went to this bar in Cleveland and saw a band um I think maybe the first person I saw there was uh David Johansson from the New york dolls and after the New york dolls had broke up and and i was i know it was like a, you could walk right up to the stage and be right you know in mm-hmm. a few feet of him and it was, it was amazing to me. Because, you know, I had gone to some big concerts, like I saw, like Pink Floyd at the Cleveland Stadium, mm-hmm. which, you know, which is really great. It was on their animals tour where they had the big animal dir- dirigibles, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had a, you know, quadraphonic sound system and, it was, you know, it was just this gigantic big show is pretty impressive, but you're like so far away. It's like anybody could be up there on that stage. Right, like, right, right. Like,
1: and impersonator. You can't see, you right. can't see.
0: You can't see the people um so it was you know that was, was like a it was like a huge thing to me just, just seeing a a band that close this thing I went to last night there was not that many people there and um you know it's not it's not you know it's not a normally a huge performance space there Mm-mm. it's just one you know it's a small room and but and there was the you know, so people were kind of sitting in the back, and I wanted to sit down, and so I had to you know I could have reached up and touched the, you know reached forward and touched them. I was so close, right? A lot of you know people are kind of uncomfortable sitting that close to things. Yes. Um, but it was, it was when I sat down, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of weird. But then I thought, this is great actually. <laughs> I really liked it. There was a really good drummer playing too, I lo- and I love. Good drummers um more than anything else, and it was just like I'm just mesmerized when I see someone playing drums who's who I really like. I just sit there and watch the drummer, really and uh, it was it was my first instrument that i I learned, so it was probably part part of it.
1: did you play drums in a band
0: yeah I, I went, yeah, I played um in the first band I was in, I played drums and i'm not i'm not a real good musician i don't even call myself a musician because i've just i don't feel like i'm was ever that good but i was good enough to play in in punk bands so um so we people i was in uh in my hometown we started a punk band in the late 70s and one one of my friends played guitar and i was i was away at school at the time at ohio state so I started taking drum lessons there because just because you could, you know, it was like, sure. oh, there's drum lessons. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and you know, was, and and my drum teacher had said, I'll I'll sell you some drums. And so you know, and so he sold me drums that I could afford. And so I had drums in my dorm room, which ever everybody you know loved that. Sure. And um, so that's how our you know our band started. Said, I'll be the drummer because we don't have a drummer. So I'm just you know I'm just starting and then i bought a a bass at a music store there and my brother's 3 years younger so i went home to visit and i said you're going to learn the bass i gave <laughs> it to him and and it turned out he he has a real musical ta- talent he's sort of you know some people are just have the more, more natural talent and and he was he was really good and so he pick, he picked it up really fast and kind of he was kind of the musical element of our band and we, you know, we had five guys who were like, not real musical, but we tried really hard and practiced a lot and wrote yeah. a lot of songs. My one friend wrote songs really well. He was a really good songwriter, but he was very, it was rough. We had to really work hard. <laughs> <laughs> How <laughs> long did listenable. that band
1: stay together?
0: We were, we were together a few years. And... um I mean, and then, my, then you know that that guy really developed into a good music, musician eventually. But it was it was hard. Me and my brother. We used to make fun of him. That we said he had no um, sense of rhythm at all, or you know, <laughs> no sense of like <laughs> of how a song should go. And we just had to work through it. But it was it was it was it was pretty fun. So he's still playing music. My brother's still playing music.
1: Interesting. Um, and you were the person that introduced him
0: yeah we yeah we just um we were all kind of different ages different grades in school it's got you know got to.
1: so together. when you say you're like a drummer in your first band what was your second band
0: i was in a lot of bands over the years and i i, I was i played drums and most of them and later i played guitar a little but um I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I played drums in a lot of, in quite a few bands. They're all punk bands. And sometimes there were people just needed a drummer.
1: Uh huh. You know,
0: that was like the missing element. It was really easy to actually get to play with people. I would just just play for one show sometimes. There would be a band playing and just go for you know, because you can kind of just just jump in and play. Without, you know, without rehearsing too much. Yeah, oh, that was fun yeah that was fun i did that for a long for a while
1: would you ever consider playing again
0: no well, not not really um a few years ago that there were a couple of my friends here and i had we we kind of call it a country band and um i don't know how many it's over ten years but that time goes by so fast now it's just like Seems like a couple of years, and it was, but um, that was the last time I played, and um, I, I don't, I, I kind of don't, don't, I don't have a real desire to play mm-hmm. li- um, live now, and much more. Did you
1: more. write music? Did you write songs? Did you write music?
0: Yeah, I, I wrote songs, I wrote a lot of songs, and I, I still try to, but not too often. Don't come up with them too often. For a time, I I, I wrote a lot, and now it's a lot harder. I don't know why something like that gets harder than easier. You'd think it would get easier. Yeah,
1: yeah. Although, I mean, you really write a lot, don't you? I mean, you have your blog, you have all your lists. I was looking at your lists. I was reading some of the lists of like I was reading the Steely Dan song list of your favorite Steely Dan songs and the order that I guess oh, it's yeah. a kind of uh-huh. changing order yeah. of mm-hmm. which one is your favorite song, but just your kind of analysis or review of the songs was, was very interesting. I mean, how how did you come into doing that? I mean, what... Prompted you to do that?
0: Well, I guess when I first started doing that is when is it went along with having punk bands in the early '80s. And then uh, my friends and I started doing, uh, z- do, uh, publishing zines that were photocopied magazines, which were mostly about punk music. But um, like they, like everyone had their own zine, like so that was kind of. The fun, fun thing about it, like each person had, you know, well, not everyone, but more than, more people than not had their own zine and then people wrote for each other's and they would review records and it, so very soon with, well, even maybe with my, the first zine that I did, which was in 1981, um, which I just dug out a, dug up a copy of actually. I, I felt like looking at it. What does that one look like to me now? Um. I think right, even right away, I, I thought like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to just write about other bands and music. I'm going to write about other, you know, review other things. And so, I, oh, there's this diner I like, so I'm going to write about the write about this diner, and do a review of the diner. And um, so I, I thought like, oh, you can write, just write reviews of anything then. And so it was kind of nice to do to do that and not have anyone telling what you could write or not write. Though no, um, I think in the next year after that, probably, yeah, so in 1982, I was still doing that zine and there was a local music magazine and, uh, I live in Columbus, Ohio then. And I, I got a got high, I got a job writing for the, it was uh-huh. by, it was by, um, you know, commission. Uh-huh. So you get assigned to, it was someone started up this local entertainment magazine and, uh, you know, I went to the meeting, you know, they had a meeting with other writers and so then I, and they said, okay, there's bands playing. Like one of the first ones that was playing was the, the reggae band, uh, Burning Spear. So I went to the Burning Spear show and um, I took pictures and, and and so they put, you know, they put the pictures in and my article. And I think I started that writing on that article, it was something like I said, I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of reggae because I'm not sure if you really, you know, you, it matters if you listen to a lot of different reggae bands or just, you know, if you'd smoke enough pot or, does, or something like right. that, you know, it's just really not very respectful of, of the, of the music or not, but, you know, I was kind of being honest that I was not a reggae fan and mm-hmm. then I kind of wrote about the experience of seeing the band, which was kind of amazing. It was Burning Spear and they're in a very small uh, bar. Um, but like right away, I started getting in trouble <laughs> 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 with the editors, and um, there was like the the edit the one editor was. Uh, all these people were like some of them wrote for the local um, newspaper, and you know moonlighting you know writing these uh, working on these uh, this entertainment magazine, and and so people didn't like some of the people working with the magazine didn't like my writing style and i got after a few articles got fired essentially like i think i went to an outdoor music festival uh-huh and and then I, and i i wrote about what the band sounded like while I was in the party John oh. you know, <laughs> so, stuff like that so they just you know they they thought it was too goofy the stuff i was writing and so i thought like well this is what how I want to write it though you know I don't right. trying to sound like I'm writing for Rolling Stone. I am want to write my my own style, so then I just went back to doing my zines. And um, so I've always been kind of skeptical of writing for things where you have an editor. So I've tried, you know, I've tried it off and on over time, various various degrees of success, never, but I've never made, done it for much money. So that's why you know I have a now I have a website where I can i just do i'm i write everything on it and just you know kind of like my own editor so that's but um you know i i more than anything else I like to write fiction but I find it really difficult sometimes um in in the in that you I'll get started on a project, and then get get away from it. Mm -hmm. And then once I get away from it, it's really hard to get back. So, but I can always write about little articles about things like reviews of things or lists. So that's something I can do every day. Um, You know, regardless of the larger, you know, not having a larger structure. So that's why I do that a lot.
1: So when you say you write every day. Like, say, the lists, do you add something to a list every day, or how do you, I mean, how do you structure your, Do you, is there structure to your writing every day, or
0: do you? Well, since I started this web website, it has little segments in it. Right. And there, so there's, like, um, uh, coffee shop reviews and record reviews, and... Uh, Song reviews, soap reviews, right, so different things I will write write about, and and so some, sometimes over time I'll go like, okay, I'm just going to make a different day of the week for different things. So it's like, oh, it's okay. when you know Tuesday will be the coffee, coffee mm-hmm. shop review. So just as a structure, as a structural element, right. I'll try and do that, and then you know as the as a d- discipline to say like, okay, I need to have this, need to have something every day. Um, so I've been trying to put add something to that website every day, and you know, once in a while, I'll take a, a break. And now, now I'm getting to the point now where I I don't know if I'm going to keep that up, uh huh, because now that's keeping me from writing fiction. So, I, like, oh, am I just using that as a right as a way to well, not do what I want to do, or yeah. you know, so what you know, either way, it's like nice to write something every day, but um. You know, I don't know how many people actually f- read it, or, um, but like in February, I gave myself a challenge to write. I'm going to write about a, a record every, you know, every day in February. So every day, you know, I pub, you know, on my, I have a record review blog where I wrote, I listened to a record and wrote about it, and posted it. But wow. it was kind of, it was, you know, it was kind of tiring because I, then I was working full time again. Sure, and it was like come home, and say, I said, "I want to go to sleep tonight."
1: And yeah, were I those kind of the are those today. the album photos that you have on Instagram? Are those related to those reviews?
0: Oh yeah, I was corresponding that with with Instagram, so that's kind of a nice thing to do because you can, on Instagram, you can have a, the link to your right to your website or blog mm-hmm. and and your profile page, and then you can. But a picture so there's a visual element, and but but to write on your you know, I don't want to write on my phone because it's too difficult, so then you know they kind of correspond, and you have the visual part there to the corresponding review. So that's what I, that's why I was doing it. You know, that's why in February I had a, a record album cover for each day.
1: I noticed that, and I they were such unusual albums. I was
0: picking them at random, yeah. So that was kind of fun. That was part. Of, that's what all, it was also part of the process of it, rather than picking something out. Because sometimes it's hard to pick out if you're if you're or it adds pressure. If you're saying like, oh, I got to write a record review. What can I write about? And then just deciding which one, you get tired out by that. But if you pick one at random, then it's like oh, I have to write about this now.
1: So were these the same albums that you buy at the thrift store that you just chose from? The...
0: Yeah. Well, when I, when, yeah you know, when I buy stuff, I, I pick out stuff because it looks interesting. Um, but then, you know, at, at home now I have about, I maybe have about 200 records at home. It's not very many. Um, but they're mostly, mostly things I bought cheaply. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and some of them are in very bad shape, don't have much value other than they actually play. You can listen to them, and um, and you know, for me, I can write about them. Also, if you buy, if I buy something and, and I hate it, um, but I, but if I write about it, then it has that kind of, it has a value there. It's sort of an entertainment value.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's actually easier to write about stuff you you don't like than you do. Yeah. For some reason you know it makes yeah, sense, yeah. I think, I think movie critics, have, I've heard that movie critics say that. I found that it's true too, writing trying to write about movies. If you if there's one that you, you're criticizing, it's actually easier and maybe more fun to write. And, and if there's something you really like or you're more reverent about, it's actually harder to write because there's less ways to, to say something that's really great. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> interesting. I mean, maybe that says something about us as humans. You know yeah, that we're yeah. easily go to the negative and mm-hmm. expressing it.
0: It's easier and more fun, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, I did really want to
0: edit out this drinking. (laughs)
1: Well, I can understand why you're thirsty.
0: Yeah, you, you, um, it's not hard to get me talking about myself.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's pretty interesting, I have to say. I would just, in looking at your website, I was just struck by the. The vastness of your writings and wondering how you possibly can write as much as you do.
0: Yeah, well, well, yeah, lately it's it's just good. It go, I go through periods, I guess, of you know of writing about different things, and and, and that just it just, I do that kind of just to keep myself going. Mm-hmm. Not to you know, just to feel like I have some purpose and and living and you know, part of it is I live a I live alone now. And so I go through you know, days at a time without talking to someone. And then um then once in a while I'll I'll see someone like at lunch or something and they have the misfortune of like having to <laughs> hear like several days <laughs> of complaining. Loose. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: um, you know, I work and I you know, I work somewhere where I I work around people who are not really friends, you know, just yes. you know people I don't know and so it's kind of hard to find things to talk about with coworkers you do not necessarily have that much in common. So I you know I'll go on like days at a time without talking hardly at all. And so and, and so writing is nice, is a nice way to feel feel good and feel connected with sure. things. I mean, you know, and all the social all the social social media has that function.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: but sometimes that has gotten kind of depressing to me. Um I still I use, you know, I use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but sometimes I avoid those things for a while cuz they they get to feel a little oppressive and um you know, sometimes, sometimes they seem. Sometimes I'm really into them. Still, though, and yeah. Sometimes I just like I got to get away from that.
1: There, you did make a comment on Instagram about unfollowing or some, recently. Do you recall that?
0: Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I was wondering I was, what I was what. what... A, I think I was in a bad mood, and I read about. Well, I just noticed that there's a lot of. Um, you get followed by people you who you don't. and suddenly you get a lot of followers by people and then and then you realize and then they will i kind of know about i kind of realize this and kind of know how it works and kind of don't know but there's like there's like programs and um where the people people pay for to get to to get more followers that will follow people automatically so i mean I'm just kind of I'm kind of going by not having a lot of knowledge about this about how it works, but it's pretty obvious that it is it, like that. There's there there are robotic programs that follow and comment on things, follow people and comment, on things. and you can you can kind of see, notice the what the comments are like. They'll comment robotically. They're always kind of the same. Like
1: such as, yeah, they'll
0: go like, oh. I mean, the, the, just the kind of the wording is the same, or like. Yeah, I lo- oh, I love this or something like that, and they'll write you. You know, you get uh, Instagram has messages, and they'll write you messages after you follow them back. They'll follow you, you follow them back. They'll write you a message, thanks for the follow, and have these. You notice the format one after another, exactly the same. Interesting. And you go like these are companies doing this in order to gain people fo- followers, and then I, and it just seems like what's the point then. And I know that people use it as a marketing tool, so that's part of the point. Right. So it's you know, and then go like, okay, this is now it's all marketing, and it's not what I'm interested in.
1: Right. Right. So
0: I just kind, of, I just kind of got cranky about it one day, and like, wrote <laughs> a big, thinking each one like, that I was going to unfollow everybody who I didn't actually know personally.
1: Well, it got me to thinking because it was kind of a revelation. And I never like actually. Realized that there were, you know, these programs that start following people. I have people following me. I have absolutely no idea who they are, and I'm wondering why are they following me. So, oh yeah,
0: yeah, people don't. There's probably some good articles out there about it, which I should probably try and find. Yeah, and and, you know, you can refer to them, saying, "Here's how it works." You know, how this works. I know that Twitter was like that. To a huge degree, where you read some statistics sometimes about how how many accounts that are just not even real accounts. So someone, you know, I don't even know if they have a way of calculating, but it's just like, because that it becomes a commodity, the number of followers followers you have, and it's it's all false. And yeah, it's uh,
1: like a promotional tool for yeah, some people. Yeah. I think and,
0: and and so yeah it's it's a, it's kind of a big problem with all that stuff. Um, oh okay we I guess we're getting to the end of her um, time conversation time here we can we can get on to our this psychic t- test.
1: Yes, I've been looking forward to this. Yeah,
0: me too since I um
1: oh I I, what is this? I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm going to. Pretty soon, I'm going to be four for four on these things. Use that coin first. Uh huh. Um, it's okay. important that you actually handle handle the coin, too, and not just think about it. This is
1: kind of an interesting coin because.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's, weird. it's, it's a quarter, but it's it doesn't look like a normal no, quarter.
1: It doesn't. It looks like it's been sanded off or something or used yeah. so many times that. The someone
0: images a, are. Some of them had had that in their pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they were you know, in your pocket, well, pe- or I mean, it was in to, your pocket.
0: Did you ever hear about that? People carry a coin in their pocket for like mm-hmm. forever. You know, they you know they they just go until it gets completely smooth. It's yeah, going, it's yeah. like
1: the old rabbit's foot that people yeah. used to carry for good luck, which is kind of bizarre when you think about it.
0: Yeah, I don't know where that came from.
1: The rabbit's foot? Yeah. I don't know either. Something would be interesting to look up. Okay, so go ahead, Randy.
0: Um, tails? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Good. Very good.
0: Yeah, I would have bet on that one because I was really seeing tails.
1: <laughs> oh, I
0: wouldn't a... really bet on it. That's an expression. <laughs> so here's the um these uh, psychic Symbol Symbol. cards. So pick one and I'll concentrate and try and Mm -hmm. guess. Do you have one? I should know if you have one or not. Yeah, actually. Psychically. Three wavy lines.
1: Star. It was a five-pointed star. Oh, the star. I almost picked the three. You must have been late.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, here's the... Stack of cocktail cards. Oh, this will be fun.
1: Okay, let's see here. Oh, they're also interesting. Hmm. And so many. Okay, um, hmm. Okay, I have one
0: um okay let me uh, think think about it I'm thinking um he um oh it's it's almost coming to me but I can't think of the name of it like I have an image of it um I'm gonna be really mad if I if I don't say it too because I, I feel like it. I, Brandy Alexander?
1: No, no, I'm sorry, wrong color altogether. No. Mint julep. Oh, mint okay. julep. Mint julep. Think Kentucky Derby. <laughs> sorry.
0: And so the last one, the last test is to try and think of something in uh, culture, or um, cult in culture, or a food or a movie a book but it, think of a, a particular one and okay it could be a song could okay. be any anything just give me the category of,
1: I just have to say something about Brandy Alexander though because that was one of my favorite drinks So uh, maybe that's what you were picking up Oh on. it was so maybe that was a psychic thing that um, was
0: when we we used to drink those at uh, every uh Thanksgiving.
1: I loved Brandy Alexanders. Okay. I I have something that I'm thinking of that um is a uh, I don't know. Like one of the wonders of the world.
0: Oh, wonder wonder does, one of the wonders of the world. So there's only seven to choose from, right?
1: Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know, is yeah. that how many there
0: yeah, are? No, no, I'm just kidding. There's, There's many more I know. now, I yeah. think. Um, okay, let me... Th- okay. No. Uh, oh, th- the Pacific Ocean?
1: Well, it has got starts with the right letter... P it's pyramid. It's a pyramids. Well, pyramids. I was really throwing it at oh, you, Randy. Yeah. I was well, like I throwing know. it at you.
0: I think I'm I think I'm distracted by hunger. Oh <laughs> that's not good.
1: <laughs> well Well,
0: yeah, thanks for um hosting the podcast and having me. It's was my was pleasure. It's nice to talk to you.
1: Oh, it's great talking to you.
0: Okay. I have a lot, lot more questions oh, okay, for you. Yeah, we're well, welcome back, back because okay, great because um, we're unable to pay anything at this time, but it's,
1: <laughs> well, let okay. me know when you decide to start paying a stipend to your guests. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks.
1: I hope you get something to eat.
0: I'm sure I will.